You're listening to the Breakaway Breakdown Podcast, where we bring you interviews with some of the top ropers in the country, news about what's going on in the fastest sport on dirt, training tips for you and your horses, and so much more. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. Hey, you guys. Okay, I wanted to do something a little bit different today. Instead of just focusing on the girls who are out there winning right now and what they do in the practice pen or what they're doing out on the road, I wanted to give you guys some advice that you could hold on to that are literally things you can control in your life every day. So I wanted to focus on health and wellness today and how to become a better athlete and a better physically healthy human being and not just a good roper. Because not all of us have the horses to be out on the road or the resources or, you know, can practice on live cattle every day. But there are some things that we can all control. Are we stretching before we rope? Are we putting good things in our body? Are we getting enough sleep? But obviously, I'm not an expert on health and wellness. So I wanted to call on somebody who was and could give you guys the best advice. So I decided to call on Rick Foster with the Justin Sports Medicine team. He has been involved with the Justin Sports Medicine program since the 1980s, back when he was competing in rodeo himself. So he knows a thing or two about handling rodeo athletes. He's been the program director at Justin Sports Medicine since 2010. And he has also worked in the past with Olympic athletes and the US ski team. And the amount of knowledge that he has just about athletes in general is rock solid. Combined with the fact that he has so much real-world experience, he even shares a couple of hilarious stories from inside the arena. Um, but he knows cowboys and cowgirls. And like I said, he's not one of those doctors that's going to tell you, oh, you have a blister, so you shouldn't rope. But he does genuinely care. And the tips that he gives are super easy to follow, super easy to understand, and I think you guys are seriously going to get a lot out of this. So I cannot wait to see what you guys think about what he has to say and make sure to listen for the commercial break because I will be telling you guys more about Fastback Ropes who brought you this episode. As always, I know you guys are tired of hearing me blab on. So without further ado, let's jump right in. All right. Awesome. So I just want to jump right in. Thank you again for taking the time to talk to me. I've really been excited about this episode. So first, just tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do for Justin Sports Medicine and Rodeo Athletes. As far as what I went through through school was, you know, I was I was a, a, an athlete or trying to be an athlete. I spent a lot of time trying to uh, to uh, uh, compete in the rodeo world and probably spent more time in the dirt. But I was able to go to college and uh, and then be able to learn sports medicine work, uh, be educated there on, on the needs of, of, of athletic training care. And lucky enough that uh, the experience with rodeo um, kind of helped guide me along and I, and I understood the experiences that people go through with the, uh, w- with the travels, uh, with, with the, the, the lifestyle that, that we live. So it, it worked out pretty well for me to, uh, to have the experience prior to, and then continue to be involved with the, the culture of, uh, of rodeo and, and, uh, you know, obviously ranching and rural lifestyle. So that's kind of where I, you know, I, I got started to do a lot of, obviously I volunteered with Justin Sports Medicine in the first year they started the program. I was in college and uh, I was rodeoing 
and I was actually doing a little sports medicine work on the side for Little Bridges Rodeos. I was out doing shoot safety seminars and talking to rodeo athletes and parents about, you know, if you're injured, here's, you should ice it right away on new injuries, and here's some simple ways to tape, and if, uh, if you have questions, you know, this is who you would reach out to. So I was doing some of that and still trying to compete and going to college and went to the first Justin, went there and contacted them and helped out with uh, with uh, Don Andrews and Dr. Evans and, uh, and went to the first rodeo in Denver, Colorado, because I, I was at the University of Colorado. So I went to, to Denver and what was that, 81, I believe. 1981 was the first year of the Justin Sports Medicine team to go down the road. So I volunteered there. I stayed with them coming in, and we did we did a battery of uh, we did some uh, health screenings, we did some uh, uh, testing on rodeo athletes, physical testing, VO two max, pain threshold. Um, uh, trying to think what it was some uh, isometric strength, leg strength, uh, balancing, um, reaction tests. We did a battery of tests. I, I helped do with the human performance lab and with the university of, uh, with the university and with Justin Sports Medicine. We did in Denver. And then I think I went to my first rodeo in like 85 or 86. I took my first kind of road trip out with a trailer and truck with uh, some guidance. And uh, and I was driving trucks and trailers and going down the road since 1987, actually. <laughs> I think it's been that long, or 86 or 87. But, you know, I was part-time in between my clinic work and my other work and ski work, other work I was doing. And um, So then in 2010, uh, you know, was the, the uh, director of the program uh, there and, and uh, now we're going to take of the Rockies still as a clinician there. We still cover college rodeos, high school rodeos, as well as the pro rodeos. So, And then I'm doing uh, Justin rodeos, it seems like, almost as hard as I've done in the past. I, I rode in competitively in IRA as well. Um, didn't ever make it to the pro levels, uh, but uh, rode, uh, rode bulls through there, roped, roped, and uh, continued. I continue to rope and uh, showed some cow horses, but right now my travel is so extensive, traveling to different rodeo events or working with high school athletes that I don't get much of a chance to, uh, to stay as active as I would like to be in the, uh, in the roping world or the, the, the rodeo side of, uh, being competitive anyway. So Man, I hate when, of, uh, yeah. hate when work gets in the way of roping. Yeah. Isn't it tough? You know, every now and then I'm lucky enough to go somewhere where um, I'm, I'm hanging out for a bit and we have, uh, horses in the back back pasture or in an arena and I get to go rope with someone, you know, those are always the, those are always the fun rodeo trips I did. And then when I get home, if I can get a chance to, I'll get on my horse and we'll go, uh, even if we have to go, go practice a little on a helomatic or just, or just leg up some horses. Our whole lifestyle is kind of interesting when you bring that up is that our travels really, really put a burden on us because it affects our, our nutritional side, you know, as far as that it affects our fitness side because it's tough to find the time to uh, stay fit, to eat properly, to get a workout in and, uh, then many times your own animals or horses become a priority. And I see that a lot with uh, with a lot of our ropers. Uh, they take a lot of time and a lot of care with their horses, whether it's supplements, uh, it's workout programs, it's uh, it might be healthcare, healthcare um, professionals working on them. And, and we take really good care of them, and sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. Uh, you know, we warm, we feed them well, we warm them up, we, we, we cool them down, we do things. And many times we don't do that with ourselves. And, and we're part of the team. So I think it's really important that, uh, that the, uh, uh, roping world athletes, uh, and any athlete that they need to really pay attention to themselves. And especially when we're a partner with our horse, we need to uh, make sure we're in shape and we're as healthy as they are. Awesome. Now, am I correct that you worked, uh, at the Olympic training center and with the USC team? 
Yes, I um, I did some I did some work with uh, at both faci- uh, with the facilities. At, I did some testing work with um, athletes at the Olympic Training Center, um, and I and that's when I was working at the Human Performance Laboratory. So I was working in the in, in the sports performance side of things at the University of Colorado, and then I did my thesis work with the U.S. Ski Team on prediction of performance uh, was one of the big tests uh, the, the, uh, a big battery of tests we put together and um, reproduced what they were doing in Europe for developing top athletes uh, mainly skiers at that time uh, so I was uh, I was really fortunate I got to uh, I get to enjoy my my, my, my my career is a lot of my lifestyle you know I, I grew up skiing I grew up with horses grew up working with ranches and I was able to go to school and uh, and still assist and work with with ski athletes rodeo athletes and uh progress into other other high school sports as well so uh, i've been been uh, around and exposed to a lot and didn't didn't have the ability to be as good of an athlete as, as the others so I, now i get to help those athletes that's awesome so besides that you know rodeo athletes have horses to worry about when they're traveling to events what are some differences you have seen in athletes like the you know u.s ski team versus rodeo athletes i'm sure there's plenty <laughs> well the one thing with athletes skiing athletes and, and rodeo athletes people don't believe it that there's a similarity but what's there is the is their culture it's, it's a very it's an indiv- individual sport but it's a very team culture everyone's there to help each other and uh and and, and when you're doing when you're working with athletes that want to excel and get to the highest levels of, of that it's, it's really kind of fun so so there is a lot of comparison individual sports athletes that want to have a good time and put a lot out out there for it you know with the ski team we have the center of excellence uh, in, in uh, uh utah there's there's other facilities that, that we can get athletes to there's 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 actual camps at the high levels for the olympic skiers so they're getting a little more specific training with with nutritionalists with the certified athletic trainers with the therapists with the doctors um they have we have this just a little more set up in that respect because you know rodeo is not an olympic sport rodeo is not a, a, a sport in that that sense so there's a little more guidance on the health side and, and a little more opportunity with skiers but otherwise uh the traveling is it, it's a vagabond lifestyle both of them travel far to an event sometimes we got a backyard rodeo or a backyard ski event that's at your home hill or home arena and you know you don't go far but other times you're you're uh, two or three hours away at another venue uh many times it's uh it's two or three days away or for some for a lot of times skiers it's even flying overseas and uh, going to different countries and then traveling uh, a, a day at a time to get to another event but either way the the, the rigors of travel i think is what uh is a, the challenging part and, the, and similar with athletes that have that that vagabond uh traveling lifestyle that's awesome. So that's actually one of the topics I wanted to talk about today. I mean, you see athletes when, you know, they're in competition in the heat of the season on the road. And, you know, I never realized until a few years ago how hard actually driving in between rodeos and traveling is on your body. So can you just speak to, you know, what that looks like when you're out there on the road, you're living in a small living quarters, you're driving a lot, what that does to your body and can do to your performance? It's a little bit like keeping a horse in a 10 by 10 stall and then pulling them out to ride them. You know, it's not one of those things you can pull out and ride a horse well that, that, that versus one that's been in a run versus one that has a pasture versus one that's been on walkers or have trainers that warm them up or leg them up. Well, we're the same thing, you know, in the sense is that when, when you're traveling and driving, you're in cramped quarters in a truck, you're in a cramped quarters uh, 
maybe maybe in your in your living quarters of a trailer. And we need to get out and move. You need to get out and and and, and elongate the the muscle fibers. You need to get out and, and and increase the oxygen into your lungs and into the into the and increase the blood cells to uh, to activate the muscles and to do things. So it's pretty important that uh, that we stay act. We 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 keep movement going with us. And and it it might be things we forget about. Is sometimes we get a small break. We get our horses out of the trailer, or we get a break. We get a horse and put them in some pens or warm them up or and and feed them well and then we go back and just uh forget to get have proper nutrition ourselves and don't eat well or we don't go for a, a little workout stretching program and there's so many ways to do that uh when you're traveling you know i have a lot of the ropers that do put their bicycles on top of the trailer or in the back of the truck <clears throat> excuse me so they, they say so they have that available when you're when you're near somewhere where there's a motel that has a fitness center two fitness centers are in most every town you can get in there and uh and do some, do some, you know, it sounds kind of crazy, but swimming is phenomenal for the body. It's a, you get like a water massaging effect. You get blood flow movement. Your muscles are moving and it's a great way to cool down. It's a great way to get fitness. Um, and if you're injured, it's a great way to have mild movement, non weight bearing. So we try to find other fun ways that, uh, you know, in some respects, fun ways or different ways that you can get out there and, and, and do some things. So the activity is important when you're traveling. And then, of course, then nutrition how you eat well well it's kind of hard to eat at fast food restaurants all the time but your horse you still have your supplements for your horse you still make sure you get the quality hay for the for your animals well same thing uh with us so you know pack up some some good meals that you can keep in your cooler that, that do incorporate all the food groups that do incorporate especially what we miss probably probably the vegetables the the the, the, the and the fruits and the things we need to keep going uh Make sure our protein levels are right because we're, we're we're we might be athletes doing a lot. So you know, being smart with with how you're eating as well as with the physical activity is gonna uh, is gonna help you as, as I had mentioned before. So how challenging is it? Is extremely challenging. But is it possible to be fit when you travel and hit the road? Yes. You just need to make sure you take a little time to take those breaks and to pay attention to your how you're eating and pay attention to did I I need to get on a bike and spin for 20 minutes? I need to go out for an easy jog for 20 minutes. Um, uh, and, 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 and get out there and do some fun stuff that keeps you going as well. And then, so the next thing that plays into that is the schedules that these athletes are on in the summer. I mean, how important is it to figure out time to sleep? Or, I mean, what are the safety issues with them driving out on the road on low sleep? You know, what does caffeine play into that? Things like that. Okay, yeah, and, and, and that's a good point you bring up about about sleep because we talked about we talked about you know keeping the blood flow going, keeping the muscles moving, keeping you know proper nutrition. You can go, you can drive all night long and then work hard that day, and then drive all night the next day and think, well, I'll catch up on sleep down the road. You really don't catch up on sleep. You need to try to find a way that you can can schedule your can really schedule your travel plans that you can get a uh, versus going two days of hard driving. Can you can you get a day? Can you get a break in there just before or just after to get some proper rest? Um, and obviously, nutrition plays a role. Um, if you eat a lot of foods with, with, you know, with, with a lot of processed foods or, or junk food, as we say, or, or, or empty calorie foods, and you're munching on, on you know, chips and uh, candy bars, and then drinking a, a soda, um, which we, we we can get in a rut with. Well, when you do that, that also affects uh, your blood levels, affects again your alertness and awareness, so that. Um, that that then is a synergistic effect with 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 poor sleep and poor nutrition it's even then becomes it becomes a little bit of a challenge to where it can be 
dangerous driving late at night on the roads and are you as alert as you can be for something pulling out in front of you and, and realize you have a value in your in your rig and in your animal so you need to really pay attention to that how do you stay awake proper nutrition proper sleep um yes we do you know some caffeine here and there is not a big deal uh energy drinks the ones with with, with a lot of sugar in them and most of them have that um and maybe uh, you know the high levels of caffeine aren't the problem but it's uh it's, it's it's the high levels of sugar in there that, that can be a problem and caffeine alone doesn't keep you you, you going so that's uh uh you know you i just want you know you just need to be aware of that uh, driving tired is not the right thing to do when you're taking off somewhere so make sure you have a partner that uh, that is uh that you can travel with that's getting that's getting the rest that you can share time with and, and take care of our rigs take care of our animals and then get to an event and then perform to the highest level the big thing is most of those, a lot of those drinks, just like those caffeine drinks and sugar drinks too, that I didn't mention, they're a diuretic. So, so really, you 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 really do lose, you really become dehydrated. You lose the hydration. You're saying, well, I drank some water today. Well, for every strong caffeinated drink you you drink, you probably need two bottles of water, two glasses of water, to put back into your body, which which was taken out by being the diuretic of of, of, of a caffeinated drink or alcohol, um, and so. So many times it's a dehydration factor and people, um, you know, that makes it worse is they, well, I've been in an air conditioned uh, truck and traveling and uh, I've been drinking my water. Well, you still have the dryness. Air conditioning is cool air, but it's still drying air. It's still, it's still sucking moisture out of you, so to speak. And, and, uh, I think, uh, hydration is key, uh, for people to, uh, to replenish if they are drinking caffeinated drinks. Uh, coffee, you know, if you have, have a coffee, you better drink drink some water with it too. If you want to maintain your your highest level of performance uh, for uh, for athletics, and uh, sure, caffeine can maintain some some uh, long duration sports can help a little bit, but you have to be fully hydrated as well. And so, uh, drinking a bottle of water for every time you have a coffee is great. Making sure you're drinking uh, two to four of those large size Nalgene bottles a day. Uh, that's how people can, you know, kind of know they're getting enough of that. They get those big bottles of, of water and making sure they're that they've had, uh, you know, two to three in a day and maybe more on an excessive heat day or a work day. Awesome. And then I'm sure, you know, you've seen a lot out there and you can you don't have to speak to this if you're not comfortable. Um, I know a lot of athletes, you know, they turn to something stronger than caffeine. They've got different substances that they're using to stay awake on the road and I mean, what does that do to their bodies and their performance as time goes on if they go down that road? Yeah, you know, and it depends on, on you know, legal or non-legal, you know, drugs or maybe maybe with pres- prescription drugs that you can, can acquire. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the bottom line is it's unhealthy and it does it does have a, a long-term toll on your body in, in most in most any any any. Um, uh, of the recreational drugs to uh, some of the uh, non-legal substances. That there are some things out there that in moderation, including alcohol and stuff in moderation, it's probably not a terrible thing, but doing it too, doing too much and doing it at the wrong times can be. Um, so, so I think it's very important that people realize overall, if you're needing to take supplements, if you're needing to take uh uh, I mean, that's not necessarily health supplements, but if you're needing to take some some other other substances, uh, probably you need to reevaluate and saying, hey, what's this long term, and how about my performance level? There, there are some some people out there that will will utilize um, the cannabis, uh, you know, and 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 utilize uh, marijuana for certain reasons. And there's some 
and there's some some data out there showing there could be some pain relief effects with CBD, and there's some 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 effects with THC, but those are still far far away from really being knowing the, the the dosages and the amounts and 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 what and what's proper there. But but you need to stay alert, and for an athlete, usually uh, anything that you're putting in your system like that. Uh, for an athlete, you don't stay alert. Your performance levels are not going to be where they need to be. Um, and, you know, you hear stories of people doing this and people doing that. And, and uh, I stay away of doing too many Google Google searches and trusting the social media and trusting what other people are doing and realizing uh, that you got to be um, taking care of yourself in a, in a prudent way. So it, it's a challenging deal out there on what, what people are doing, and you have to keep going. Kind of tough to monitor without having, you know, blood work done and tested all the time. We don't need that. But that's why... Uh, uh, we do need to make sure that uh, we're drinking water, staying healthy with that, flushing your system, um, and moderation with everything else that uh, you may be uh, participating in. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. Fastback Ropes was created in 1995 with a single mission in mind, to build the best rope on the market. That will always be their number one goal, according to Fastback Ropes. They believe it's important to focus on building the best product possible and treat customers with the respect that they deserve. Now, besides being a great company, they feature two ropes that I think you breakaway ropers are going to like. The first is the Edge, a four-strand calf rope. It's made of texturized poly. It's a tough and durable rope that stands up in all conditions and outlasts the competition. The other rope that they've come up with is exclusively for breakaway ropers, unlike the Edge, which was offered to calf ropers previously. It's called the Athena, and besides being pink and having a purple dyed core, which is awesome, the poly core provides enhanced tip weight and durability. It's a tough and durable rope that stands up in all conditions and gives a snappy finish and close. Make sure to check out fastbackropes.com for more information and to get your ropes. Awesome. And I've got to ask, you know, one for the ropers, because I, I've heard this in so many practice pens and at rodeos, you know, what do you feel about the statement when someone says, man, I, I compete better when I drink a beer beforehand? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are people that, that do that. Um, okay. <laughs> and, and they say that. And exactly right. And, yep. and I'll tell you, there's, there's probably two parts to that a little bit. Um, one is, is that sometimes... It, Sometimes the alcohol effects in a low dosage, uh, that's why, uh, you know, when you drink a light beer, or a Coors Light, and we say how rehydrated we are, there's not a lot of alcohol content in it. Um, and and for some people, it gives them that relaxing effect. You know, it does it does affect your your, uh, your system in a way that, that some people can get more relaxed. Now, for others, with anything, at the same time, one, one uh, supplement or, or one substance may help somebody. To, to increase it, to feel like they're more up, it can for other people, it can take them more down. So some of it's just kind of getting used to what your body uh, is accepting and maybe adapted to. Um, uh, the, the, um, the, the, the one thing that you don't want to do is, uh, is, is, realize, is thinking that's what you have to do because someone else does it. Um, and, and I think that the placebo effect that many of us have by doing things, it maybe is a form of justification um, that, well, you know, it makes me perform better and I can do it, or so-and-so does it and it's good, or I, I got used to doing it all the time. Um, that's not always true. You know, the, these medications or, or these other drugs people take, um, up to 50% of the people in their mind, they feel it's helping them. And, uh, and it may not be doing a darn thing. 
<clears throat> but again, so the mental part can be a real big factor too. That is one whole other big monkey wrench that's thrown into this on on how you can be ready to compete, how you can be, how you take care of yourself, and what are you doing. And uh, you know, one thing is if you're feeling good about what you're doing, and uh, again, it's in moderation, and you are staying fit, you are eating well. Um, uh, many times is how it, it, it's a very it's it's how you're feeling, and the mind over matter is a pretty strong strong thing for a lot of a lot of uh, athletes as well as anybody. So, you know, um, there are people that do it, uh, and, and, uh, you've got to make a decision after some training and realize, uh, is this smart or is this working for me or is this the right way to do it? So it's a, it's a deal where maintain moderation, stay healthy and, uh, and, uh, don't follow other people's directions if you're not comfortable with it. I think that's such a great point, you know, just as far as what works for different people's bodies in different situations. So, you know, working with, ropers out there and you know this is a breakaway podcast so we focus on breakaway specifically do you have any tips for how they can warm up before or after their roping to really get those muscles ready well and, and as i mentioned before you know we we, we think it, we, we keep our horses fit we keep them legged up uh and there's different programs people use just like there's different fitness programs out there and there's different uh training programs you can be involved with but but we do do we do take care of our horses very well, um, and 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 it, and it might and like I said, it's very we're very particular with that. And from from supplements to, to bedding to mats in the trailers to how we travel with them, um, so so now you go back to yourself and say, okay, what did I do to warm up myself? You know, I put my I put my saddle on, I stretched my horse's legs out, I I, I, I walked, I trotted, I bent them, I, you know, I did side bending, I got the soft feel, I did whatever you know they warm up with. I, and you might pick up, you might have your rope on there. Yes, you're roaming, warming up your shoulder you know, with, uh, you know, with a small loop and lighter rope. And we're getting that, you know, that's most people kind of do that. But what about rest of their body? What about their groins and their, their quads and thighs and hamstrings, uh, low back, things that are important? So the same thing you're doing with your horse, you can do that with your body prior to, to that. And that might be an easy jog to get your heart rate up and blood flow going. Uh, might be the bike ride, like I said, that, guy, that many of the, the guys and gals will have a, have, a, have a bicycle on their, their vehicle or, or nearby to warm up. There's uh, different things uh, you can do. The world's greatest stretch, which incorporates all the muscle groups and rotation of the body, as we call it. There's one, you know, you can look up the world's greatest stretch where you stretch, the, you know, you stretch in your flexor group, your hamstrings, and your, uh, your mid-back and low-back um, with some stretching. That's, those are great things to do, you know, before you go, warm up. And move your own body muscles as well before you're gonna before you're gonna do the same thing to your horse. In between time, you know, when you have the time for a competition, you can make things fun. I mean, I have athletes that uh, some actually even carry paddle boards. You know, when they get to a lake or river, and we do at least we get to a lot of rodeo grounds with lakes and rivers around, and you go out and work on your balance on a paddle board is a phenomenal exercise. You work your core, you work your balance, you have the activity. Uh, I get people in the water, like water aerobics, and then they're, they're increasing blood flow and uh, uh, um, and, and making and then having full body movement and, and swimming a little bit. You may not be a good swimmer, doesn't that's fine. You still get a workout, but what can you do that you can be creative and, and take with you and carry with you? And, and obviously, uh, physio balls, the rollers, the yoga mats, and even uh, following yoga tapes or circuit training tapes that uh, some do are phenomenal. So I mean. Uh, Maybe I went a little farther than just a warm-up before rodeo, but I'm saying in between days and after and before, you know, give yourself a break, but also get yourself uh, – some of the break is just doing some physical activity for, for us as, as humans uh, to stay up with our horses. 
So what would you say are the most common injuries that you see with ropers? Probably the overuse injuries of the upper extremity, which is usually in the shoulder. Not uncommon with any throwing athlete, from quarterbacks to pitchers to even tennis players, um, is that um, sometimes we get, you know, our, our love, our desire, our, 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 our wanting to compete to higher levels. You add all those factors in to just having a fun time after an event and having a little round robin jackpot roping on a dummy or something. Sometimes we're, uh, you know, we're exposing our shoulders to, to, uh, and, and it is overuse. Sometimes we're throwing, throwing 50 to 100 loops, loops in a couple hours. And, uh, and that's a lot for a body. It's, uh, same thing with someone that works out hard. They don't work out the same muscle group every day. You know, usually you have, you work out one muscle group a day with some advanced training programs. And then you, that muscle group's rested the, the next day while you're working on a different muscle group. But with the ropers and throwing athletes, we're always seeming to go back to the, um, throwing in the shoulders. And so we, I did, we had, well, we saw two or three, I think, and two or three in, a, in three or four days in Reno at Slack with some breakaway ropers. Uh, I had another, I had another, um, calf roper that came in as well and uh one of them had just come back from an injury so they hadn't been throwing much and they hadn't been competing and all of a sudden oh man i gotta go rope the big reno's coming up or the or the or, you know some invitational's coming up and i and so they they seem to over practice and so the one thing i stress to people is you know if you've been injured it may not be your shoulder but if there's a shoulder injury make sure you rehab it properly when you do go back into competition it's more important to, to throw you know, 20, 25 quality loops than it is to sit, sit out there and, and, and throw 50 loops at a dummy. I mean, make them focused, make them quality. Um, in between time, you can do more good by stretching the shoulder, um, stretching the upper extremity, um, and even doing some uh, exercise band work that we usually give these athletes. We usually give them uh, some of uh, the rotator cuff exercises, uh, an exercise uh, TheraBand, we call them, or, or TheraTubing, and you strengthen the muscles around the shoulder you stretch the muscles around the shoulder, and then that allows you to be stronger and less chance of these overuse injuries. But but that's usually with you know with, with our breakaway ropers and, and and talking about overhead, that's where it's at. Obviously, when you throw in tie down tie down rope, and we, we do have some groins and knees and and backs flanking a calf. You know, it's it's a it might be a, a little different there. Uh, but but overall, it's, it's it's an overuse deal with the shoulders um, by essentially overthrowing. You know, or, or poor mechanics. You come back from an injury and you're not throwing properly, which also affects your performance. So that's why it's really important to rehab well or to stay fit and strong and keep your range of motion going so that you can can throw well and perform well. Awesome. And so what are some of your, you know, favorite therapies for girls that maybe just have a little bit of shoulder pain or a little bit of wrist pain? Do you prefer ice or taping or something else? Uh, and that's a good question. Usually, when you when you first an injury first comes on, we usually will 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 we'll go with ice um, when it's an acute injury, as we call it. So something within the first twenty four hours uh, that that has come on, or the first day or two that you've injured yourself, and then probably continue with with ice to manage the pain. So we try to get ahead of the, ahead of that injury cycle, and and with the ice, the biggest thing is that that is 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 constant research is. There's always pros and cons on heat and ice, and everyone's going to think that they're going to tell you they know more on one thing as a therapist or a, or a healthcare professional, and they're going to say, don't do this, never use ice, never use heat. It's like a lot of things. There's times you can use one or the other or both, mm-hmm. but initially I use ice, and ice is a great pain reliever. That's that's very well proven. 
release if you reduce the pain you then can do better on your rehab you can then do better on your rehab and then get working on your open mechanics and then return to competition so so i like to say ice initially um and then as we're we're, we're getting back into doing more then we might use some heat and uh, we have prof- professional heat packs with clay in them that will lay on people will use, we'll use electrical stimulation to increase blood flow with some devices we'll do manual therapy that will help with that but you can also rub in rub in your your biofreeze your icy hot your flexols they're 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 all about the same it's just whatever you think smells better or rubs <laughs> on better seems to work the best you know but but any of that is the massaging effect of a, of a cream there before you go out and and, and just because you're a little stiff or a little sore then that's fine for warm-up but if you've uh, overdone it you got a soreness right after an event get the ice on it right afterwards for you know 15 to 20 minutes uh usually it's cold sometimes hurts a little then goes numb and that's kind of what we say once you've gotten into a numb state numb feeling state comfortable numb that's usually it you normally don't want to ice more than 20 minutes at a time um you don't normally don't heat much more than 10 to 20 minutes either but uh um so it, it kind of varies uh there are sleeves that might be needed uh that can be purchased at an athletic store or there's a special taping technique we may use for a um, inflammation in the shoulder in the elbow in the wrist um as a whole um i think it's like go to the saddle with our bronc riders it's tough to ride with a, a knee brace on your knee against your saddle you know until you truly are used to it it's tough to rope with a brace on your shoulder or a heavy tape on your wrist or elbow. So we, we want to find ways to minimize minimize that and do the, the, the lightest, uh, uh, non, uh, n- you know, non-bothersome um, uh, situation to the joint that's sore or the muscle that's sore so the athlete can focus on their, their riding. So there's a lot of tricks of the trade in the sports medicine. Um, it just depends on the situation, what we're going to do and what we'll advise and help guide the individual that, that fit, best fits their need and best fits... Uh, what they with it what we have to do to keep them competing awesome and we'll make sure all the listeners know you know obviously this is not any you know concrete medical advice for anything you're facing we're just throwing out some kind of different tips so don't go uh you know throw ice on a bone that's sticking out and be like well rick foster said to <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but, um you know i mean and i appreciate that and, and i think that yeah it, it, it seeks some professional advice um and um and, and, and try it for a while you know sometimes the thing the body takes time to heal and we, we have that with horses and we have that with people and sometimes a quick pop or crack or a quick injection or a quick quick pill taking out you know taking uh, in, in a low dosage or high dosage is not the answer you know the body responds very well to healing but it does take some time and you need to help manage that and monitor that um it's a lot better to come back slowly and then perform well than is to try to come back too fast and then uh not perform well and learn poor mechanics and increase the risk of other injuries so if there is an injury when you know we haven't talked about any serious injuries but if you do have one the the, the rehab and return to competition is uh managing that is very important in the meantime you know we're talking about maintenance so don't overdo anything keep yourself fit and and uh, and nutrition wise is important supplements is important um in some respects I'd, I'd probably recommend all our athletes to be on a multivitamin and, and i'd do a multivitamin per age group or per or male versus female there are female vitamins that have the more iron in them that may be more important for the female than the, than, than the male so i'd always recommend a multivitamin and probably all our athletes uh, vitamin d 
For sure. And then one thing I've got to ask since I have you, and it's just been such a big headline in the news lately. Um, have you seen any injuries? Again, another one you don't have to speak on. Um, but have you seen any injuries from rope barriers lately? And have you you know, been on hand for any of those? And what's your do you have an opinion on rope barriers? You know, there's there's always a risk in everything and how can we make things the, the, the most fair and then what is tradition and what is new technology we can use. There's all those grass in, in, in arenas. Um, I don't know what you've heard about or seen there, but I've seen guys not make the finals because of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you and, and how do you break tradition to be to be easier and safer for the athletes and the equine athletes? You know, I mean. Uh, there's that. Uh, uh, how are the barriers set up? And are the ropes? Yeah, if you have an electric eye, it's great. But is that monitored as well? And of mm-hmm. course, alluding to barrier ropes. I mean, obviously, had a unique deal. Both both what, Prescott and Salinas, maybe the, the roper and the header and the heater both come out of the same box. And um, you know, in Prescott, there was an injury to a to a roper there. There was a severe ankle injury. Um, but like you know, is there any? concrete science and do we have the evidence to say that we can cannot not do that or we shouldn't do that you know what i mean and i'm um, thinking too you see so many ropers and so many rodeos and i mean i think the way that social media is making it out right now is that it's just happening everywhere i mean are you right. seeing it that frequently no not at all you know i mean so i mean what we've been doing for years there's always ways to do things better i mean we're finding out how to take care of our horses better we're finding out how to help why our barrel horses roping faster I mean, I mean, why are barrel horses running faster? Why are ropers faster? Why are why are, are why would we have higher scores in bareback riding? Why are why are ski racers faster? Why are running races, sprinters being faster? You know, it's it's just it's a lot of technology and some science on training and on, on training programs. It's nutrition. It's it's the nutrition. Uh, it, it's it's getting the proper amount of sleep. You know, that all those factors play into it. So there's always one little thing that can make something bad, and then we we have to we have to make a big change. And, and that's uh, probably not the right thing to do uh, right now. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. You mean uh, I haven't seen anything excessive uh, here or there. There's always a risk. You, you jump on a, on a horse, and a horse can slip in any arena on any time. You know, to, you know even the best footing arena, a horse can go down and be hurt seriously. You know, that's, that's the, the, the risk of the sport. Even the most, the most padding on a buck and shoot can still break someone's back, you know, uh, you know and, and that's a freak deal, too. So I, I don't know. Is that, that kind of kind of say that right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, just looking for you know. There's no right answer. Just kind of trying to see your opinion because you're out there in the field with these athletes. So I think you have such yeah, a great there's perspective. There's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of opinions, but you know, you can get hurt stepping out of your trailer door. I mean, <laughs> I've treated athletes with stepping out of their trailer door. You can get hurt because you went to the dance floor or the bar. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> it, 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 life. Life does have some weird weird things can happen to people <laughs> and the best fit athlete can still get hurt you know saying well i did everything i could well but if you but the more fit you are the, the healthier you are there is less chance of injury and less chance of the severity of the injury which then cor- correlates back to quicker return to the sport or to your event to make money sooner or to go back to what you love sooner you know so so you can't deny a fitness level that does prevent injuries and prevent the severity of injuries without a doubt. And that includes everything we've talked about, strength training, stretching, and nutrition, sleep, and and, and not overindulging in, in, in some other other activities, you know. So, 
Yeah, so yeah, so don't, yeah, uh, we have more injuries there to horses and athletes because of that, you know what I mean? But, you know, does that mean it's going to change and is, and, is, and is the risk versus the reward enough for athletes to, you know, if the ground's not right, you, know, you don't feel right, then you shouldn't compete, you know, I mean, and this is the one thing we tell athletes, we're not here, you know, when we're working as a, as, as, as a, as a sports medicine team, whether it's our doctors or athletic trainers, and we're with Orthopedic Center of the Rockies, or we're with St. Luke's Hospital, or we're with Justin Sports Medicine. We're going to try to give you the best advice for you to perform the best. And we're not trying to pull you out of competition at all. We're trying to help you compete. Now, on the other side of it, sometimes it's wise to maybe not run, to jump in the arena and run that run that barrel pattern because you're not comfortable with the ground, even though some are still running the fastest times. Uh, you have a small injury to your groin, um, uh, and and it might be a small injury, but how is that going to affect your horse when you ride and the timing with your horse? And I know that the fitness level of a, of, of a barrel racer and the timing and partnership of a horse and rider is key. And people don't realize that a cast on an arm to a groin injury to an ankle taped up could affect your movement patterns just enough that a horse could feel that. So you need to get out and practice with that and, and, and or Maybe take a, a visible or a day a, a day or two off or a week or two off to come back healthier so that you and your team are there. It's a reason why in, on team sports you hold out an injured athlete because they might hurt the whole team as much as it is them, they're going to hurt themselves. And uh, here's a decision. It's very tough. You know, we can, we're not going to make anybody stay out, but we're sure going to give some advice and we're going to try to keep them competing at the highest level. But uh, you got to be smart about it and sometimes um, taking – if you're not feeling right, then mentally, if you're not 100% mentally, uh, you probably aren't going to perform as best you can. If you're not 100% physically, good chance you won't, won't perform the best. And if you have an issue on either side, that's going to influence the results. And uh, uh, better to get healthy, better to be a team, better to perform well and uh, enjoy it. And for a lot of us, to, a lot of them to, to, in a professional sport to make their money. And I think that's such a good point. Again, like you said, just focusing on what works for you. And, you know, it's not, if you don't feel your best, you're probably not going to compete your best. So that makes a lot of sense. Awesome. And then I just want to ask kind of some more fun questions. Um, what would you say is like the most unique injury you've seen? It can be Roper, rough stock that was just like, how did that happen? Well, I can pretty much tell you how it happened. No. <laughs> It is weird, or why it happens, you know. I mean, I've got so many stories out there that that are that are, are hilarious. To to uh, only because the outcomes were good, but they could have been very dangerous or very bad. And, yeah. and one thing we like in rodeo, it many times is we like we like close calls because a close call means just an abrasion to your head, where a hoof could have hit you straight in the head, right? So a close call can be very good for us. But uh, um, you know, I've picked up ears in the arena from uh, from a horse hoof clipping them off. Obviously, as we all know, thumbs have been in the arenas, fingers. You know, those are kind of unique things that are kind of funny and maybe gross to some to pick up a, a body part in the arena. But the, the athlete was totally fine. The athlete was then coming back. Uh, I've never seen a horse. I've never seen a horse knocked out. Um, but at the same time I saw a horse get knocked out, I also had the, the steer wrestler knocked out. Oh, and no. I believe it was, uh, it was in Reading one year, and a steer did his uh, cut underneath the steer wrestler uh, uh, and the horse, the horse and, and rider and everybody just, just hula hand over. The steer got up and ran away, but the horse is lying flat one way with his legs out and the, and the cowboy's lying flat the other way, and neither of them are moving. 
and um, uh, we attended. You know, we had some arena crew immediately go to the horse. Of course, I immediately went to the rider, to our steer wrestler, and uh, and I'm listening over on their side a little while. I'm trying to keep out of the way, keep the cowboy, the horse, making sure the horse is not going to get up quickly. If it, you know, if, if, if I mean, people thought the horse was probably dead, really. But you didn't know, and they're calling for a sled, and I'm calling for a, and I'm calling for a stretcher. So you know, oh, and we're within, we're within ten feet of each other, and we're getting a sled out for the horse, we're getting a stretcher out for the cowboy, and um, and they both, they both actually regain consciousness almost the same time. The cowboy's going, oh my, what happened? Is how am I? And about that time over there, you hear this horse, this horse, uh, you know kind of moving his legs and then snorting this funny snorts out of him and going oh my gosh what are you gonna, we'll get the horse on here we'll get the cowboy in the backboard and the cowboy's saying what's going on he says how's my horse and and uh, ended up <laughs> we ended up walking the cowboy out walking the horse out we had both the sled and the board there both of them walked out and probably against our medical advice i believe both of them ran the next day or the day after <laughs> again but uh so that was that was one of the craziest things that that happened. We're very fortunate, very lucky, you know. So that's not so, you know. So I guess in, in our world, that, that you know, we can we can handle that. But it, but for some, it'd be a little hard to see that happen. So. And I imagine, like, have you seen rodeo athletes really start to act more like athletes as time went on? As it, you know, has that evolved also? Well, I I know the first few times I went uh, the first few years actually. I mean, more in the first few years, uh, I'd go to rodeos and we'd see, we'd see four or five rodeo athletes, you know, a performance and, uh, usually because they got hurt. Now, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see, we'll see 10 or 12 just to come in to get some, some, ask some questions, get some treatment, get some tape or get warmed up, you know, and, and then we'll be, we'll be seeing 30 of them in a, 30 of them in a, in a rodeo performance now because they understand the value of, of, of healthcare and the value of, of, of truly, rodeo sports medicine so yeah it's definitely evolved because rodeo was definitely uh more you know most athletes weren't involved didn't have sports medicine out there they weren't in colleges or universities or or high school events where they had sports medicine for rodeo so that was definitely a concept in its own and uh, and and so and and why why not the most physically demanding sport out there and the and and you know what other sport has an opponent that is whatever three to ten times more than you are you know, I mean, we think we think someone that weighs twice as much as someone on a three hundred pound linebacker running a, running tackling a, a guy or running over a, a running back at hundred eighty pounds is pretty abusive. Well, you know, we got six hundred pound steers and two hundred fifty pound calves and one ton bulls and twelve hundred pound horses. You know, so so the, the the forces are much greater and the opponents much much bigger. So obviously, injuries are are more pronounced with with rodeo. So it it definitely the value is there. The athletes know it. And those that take advantage of it are the ones that keep going. Like Bobby Moat just being inducted in the Hall of Fame, what he did. How Casey Field, who's still winning all those titles, how he takes care of his body and his fitness level and the stuff he does. You know, like we mentioned before, they do fun stuff. He's the kind of guy that we'd go out and he'd stay in shape by playing pickleball now and, and paddle boarding and, 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 and surfing and water skiing and what all the fun stuff we do to stay in shape. And, and so, uh, now these guys, our rodeo athletes are, are athletes. And so, they got to take care of themselves and be healthy and perform to the best level. Awesome. And then I've got to ask, you know, I ask everybody that comes on, um, what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? It can be about roping, life, anything. There's so many things that come that, that are out there that I, you forget uh, there because the bottom line is is that, you know, treat, 
you know, treat yourself as well as you treat your horse is probably the biggest thing I see with a lot of a lot of people out there, riders and ropers and all of us when, when we're talking and doing stuff. Well, thank you, Rick. This has been awesome. I learned a lot. I hope that our listeners learn a lot. Is there anything that you want to tell me about your guys' programs or you or how people can get a hold of you at rodeos if they need your services, anything that I missed today? Sometimes it's just sometimes just a little bit we can give people initially is important and uh, um, uh, you know they can always feel free to, uh, to e- email out any and, and even go to our website. You know the website's probably not totally updated, but the uh, uh, www.justinsportsmedicine all spelled out one word justinsportsmedicine.com. Uh, we do have a little section in there where you go to uh, rehabilitation and taping. And we do have kind of the basic foundation uh, for which everybody should should be on and go on on a, on a pelvic pelvic stabilization program. We show some active and dynamic stretching programs, a great start to kind of get some interest or to add on or to bring into your training programs. But as I said it's, it's still very small, small and not updated lately. But there are some basic foundation stuff uh, with some of our rodeo athletes and some of our. Um, but also, you can then email in and ask a question and then be responded to that might be able to direct you who do i need to see you know who do i who's the best person to follow up with in a certain area because we have a network of 500 healthcare professionals plus you know that and so if you're in colorado here you know yes i know i'm very closely connected with a lot of people but with my travels and whatever we got we got a group groups of of uh, of rehabil- uh, you know physical therapy clinics to rehabilitation centers to medical centers to orthopedic surgeons we have in northern california and in Nevada and you know every state we usually have some someone that's connected with rodeo that we could refer them to obviously they're always welcome to uh, travel into some of the centers that are more focused on rodeo and otherwise when you see the Justin Sports Medicine trailer or one of the other rodeo sports medicine trailers if you have a question or concern go in and check it out and then uh, make sure you follow up again don't go don't go in to get one set of advice or one evaluation don't come back in a few days or follow up with someone somewhere else Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rick. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Hey, thanks. Well, I, I, yeah, I hope some of the stuff was there, and I'm sure I threw out some things that confused people. I'm sure I, I rambled on here and there, but I, I know I hope that that um, that gives a good a good insight. And if you need some follow up at some time or more stuff, we could always do that too. Okay, I think the strangest part of this podcast was him talking about finding an ear in the arena. I don't think I'd be okay with that. I think I could handle a thumb, but I don't know if I could handle finding an ear. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you check out Fastback Ropes because they're the ones that brought you this episode, and they really do have a great lineup of ropes for breakaway ropers. Let us know on Facebook or Instagram what you guys think and make sure you are keeping up with things right now because we have so many events going on. We have a Pro Rodeo Results Tracker going on. We have some great sponsors that are bringing you so much content. And then if you're listening to this right when it comes out, tail end of this week, we've got Salt Lake City, Days of 47. And we also have the National High School Finals Rodeo going on right now. So there's plenty happening in the world of Breakaway. Make sure to check out our website, social media. Like I said, stay in the loop. Ha ha, no pun intended. Kind of it was. All right, ladies, have a great week.